What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Eastern Current. As always, me and Zane tried to record over Skype. We're like, all right, it's going to work this time. Last night, we got about 40 minutes into it, and Didn't my computer work. froze. So it, I think I think Eastern Current just wants me and Zane to hang out in person. We have to so. be here in person. Um, it is how it's done. But we're going to talk tonight, as well as last night, what we talked about, is uh, Flounder Fishing. It's middle of Flounder season right now. I'm going to try to get this podcast out tonight, which is Wednesday, the... It's the 7th, probably. Ish. Yeah, the 7th, I think. Sure. 8th. 8th. Wednesday the 8th. Uh, we're about a week into flounder season, and there, there's, uh, you know, they've taken a little beating, but uh, there's still some good fish out there to be caught. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about our views on the flounder season, views on, on the, the fishery a little bit, talk about how we like to catch flounder. Um, I mean, we both like to catch flounder, but how we like to attempt to catch flounder. How we like to do it. How we like to do it, how, how we like to get it done. Um, I'm going to pick Zane's brain about inshore flounder fishing because it's like, for me, it seems like whenever I'm not targeting them, catch I catch the crap out of them. And like yeah. today, I spent two hours targeting them and, and really struggled, um, which which was, uh, I mean, we caught some fish, but going to, all right, I'm already jumping into the podcast. Go check out iStrike Fishing. Great, great stuff. Go check out uh, Penn, Berkeley. Just, just go check out Fishing Tackle. That's what I'm going to say today. Yeah. There's a bunch of good yeah, fishing go tackle out there. Stuff, man. You, um, you won't regret it. Actually, I've got a soft plastic I want to show you over there, Zane. It's pretty crazy. Pretty cool topwater soft plastic I just got. Ooh, um, Zane? No, it's not a Zeman. Go look in the top of that box over there. That, that one in the chair and bring it over here. I want to show it on the podcast, too. Um, but, guys, as always, thanks for checking out the podcast. Um, yeah, that thing. Isn't that thing awesome? Grass. Little grass. Little grass master. I don't. It's uh, by 13 fishing, and it's got like a little. Uh, I'm excited to try it. I got to do a video with it. It's got like a little, uh, what's the what's that bait called? That a buzzbait. It's got like a buzzbait tail, weedless. You can throw that thing up in the grass. I'm, I'm assuming I can throw it up in the grass and fish it as a topwater. Dude, the trout like that. Think the trout will smack that. They, they take. There's a what's the the mirror lure with the prop, the old one. The mirror lure with the. Prop. There's a mirror lure. With, there's oh a yeah, yeah, with the prop tail on it. Has two props. Oh, on either side. Like That's that. an old school one. Old school, but they make them. You can buy them off mirrorlureofficial.com, and then they make you can. I guess the uh, all the OGs take the first prop off. And it's really? Like second little. That's like, pretty like It's like, and then kind of like goes under and suspends for a minute. Really? And then rises back up and, and then kind of goes. And they apparently when it goes underwater, they smack. they smack it. So this is the first time I've taken one of these out of the box. It's a little wider than I thought thought it was, but I think that's going to help keeping it up on the surface. But it looks like it's got a rope or like cord through the soft plastic to the hook with this off the back of it. So all I got to say is, well, that that's nice because you're not going to, like a bluefish comes up and smacks it or something. You don't lose all the hardware. So you can keep this hardware. I think you can just buy these soft plastic pieces um, that have this rope through it by themselves. And then you can just clip gear into it. It's There's a lot going on there, but I think that'll be a pretty cool, like today we were, we were set up, we were bait fishing, but we were set up on the spot yeah. and you could hear the redfish blowing up way back in the grass. Like that thing, you could just Sling bomb it in there. In there. And get it get some attention with that yeah, that back piece. Probably put a pinch weight on there if you want to. See yeah, it. get it down do a little bit. Surface. Yeah, it'll be it'll like be sweet. Eat that underwater. Yeah, they would definitely eat that underwater. But cool bait. It's called the motorboat. Sweet. <laughs> the old motorboat. But um, but yeah, I've got a couple other cool baits over there. I'm gonna try to do some videos on the water with, um, in the next week or so. Um, I've got a bull redfish video. Not a attempted bull redfish not catching any catching a bunch of slot drum up on the pamlico video that should be dropping pretty soon i'm almost done editing it and a, and a bunch of other stuff um from up there coming and and hopefully soon. 
big trout video. Big trout video. I think we're going to do some more hunting videos this fall. I was going to try to film some goose hunts and whatnot, but I, I've lost my GoPro, but I found it. So You should, you should climb up a climber on Saturday. And film you. Watch me shoot deer. I might be into that. Um, but let's talk about flounder fishing. What's your kind of take on this this season? Last year we had – was our first year of the season. Yeah. We had two months. This year they dropped the dates. We have two weeks. Yeah. Um, I mean – I guess my take, it, it it seems like there's an awfully lot of flounder around. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm no scientist. I think hopefully the, the, the scientists that are paid by the state of North Carolina are using real data to figure out what we have. And I guess, you know, I think last year with the 45-day season, they weren't, they weren't expecting the huge just – Slow massacre fish, yeah. man. like it got so bad um so and even now like i don't know like what's the limitations does it take that the people not go out and just get all of them like i went yeah. like i went gigging the other night and it's i mean there was more boats at night that i've ever seen on the water. really like it, the, okay i had to park my trailer at a buddy's house because rice will be boat ramp was full Oh my god! At twelve o'clock, at I night. heard there's been a lot of people out there. I didn't realize that was that was it a was, the boat ramp was full. Yeah, so it's crazy. like, man. I mean, it was. It's also, I think you factor in the the holiday weekend. Yeah. So people yeah. leaving their trailer there, but I mean, I had to park my trailer at my buddy's house and like walk back to the Golly. ramp. So um, yeah, that's yeah, crazy. I, I don't know, man. I I hope hopefully it's it's gonna the end result is in a, a more stable flounder population for the future. I don't know if the way of doing it is allowing, you know, 14 days or, or maybe you know, people probably hate me for saying this, but maybe shut it down for a few years. I know that I know the if, if they did shut it down for a few years, it would allow, you know, a bunch of the, you know, all these fish, they, you know, they're spawning late September. Right. These fish are going to, that's why the pound nets work so good up there. All these fish are moving out. You know, they, they, they're going to spawn. So maybe have a season after the spawn. You know, I, I, don't, I don't really, like, like I said, I'm not a scientist, man. Ho- hopefully they're managing it well enough to yeah. where the end result is a, is, a, is a better flounder population. But it seemed like, you know, until September 1st, it was a great yeah. amount of flounder. But, you know, it's a migratory population. I'm not really sure. It, it's tough because it's like everyone is just hitting everything so hard for yeah. flounder and I'm one of them, you know. Yeah, I mean, because it, it, it's that it's that herd mentality of like, oh, you got to do it, you know what you I mean? Gotta like, do it, man. And it's it's a it's a tough scenario for sure. And then there's the commercial season that comes into play after our season, which I feel um, like, I mean, geez, I, I don't even know. Like, is there any left? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. And and I, see, in my head, I'm like, why not just do like one fish per boat? Per day, sure, all year. So when you go, when you look at the North American model for conservation, the reason that doesn't really work is because the average flounder, the average not flounder fisherman, the average person who's going to harvest a flounder or deer or whatever isn't going to get all of them. Yeah. So you're limiting. If you go back and look at all the all the population problems that had throughout hunting and fishing and, and what we've developed as a pretty good way of, I mean our wild our wildlife is better than anywhere else in the world you know right. there's not many places that you know we have this these things because we've chosen to manage for right. them um, but 
you know, you got to think like the average person, if they go out fishing every day or two times a week from April to October and they're keeping one fish every time they go out, is that going to be more than what would be four fish in a 14-day period? Probably not. But it's the same thing for you're, you're managing for the general population, not the guide who knows how to go catch 16. You're managing for the, the people. Right, so, that's true. I guess it's it's normally that doesn't – normally limiting bag limits never really affects the the, the quota versus the availability, the, the opportunities had. You know, you have to limit that's the true, opportunities had to really affect the – that makes sense. I've never really thought about it like yeah. that. Yeah, that's so. that's a really good point because, yeah, you know, if you had, if you could go two or three times a week every year, and and you can usually probably always catch one. Yeah, to you keep, always get one. Yeah, yeah. then yeah, they're gonna end up killing a lot more fish. So that just changed my whole mindset on that. I'm I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, man, way. it's a that's a just a as far as like animals in general. That's why the duck seasons are always short, and it's not really the bag ones. That's why the yeah deer, deer yeah. seasons are always. Shortened or manipulated. Not really in North Carolina because we have a pilot here, but if you look out west when it comes to mule deer and elk, it's always a shortened season, not a limited take. Right, so right. Most of the time you can only kill one anyway, but people weren't really going out and slaying all the time. I mean, some people may. Right. Some people do. But the average person that just goes out and anchors up and tosses the mullet under a dock, you know, they're, they're not catching 16th. Or, you know, they're not catching a limit. They're just one per person. Might be four people in the boat. Right. They go out every other day and get four, and they're definitely killing more than whatever the amount of fish is. That That's true. Yeah, they're going to kill a lot more that way. Sure. Um, it, it, I guess it doesn't make that like – that would get rid of that feeling that we have right now. Like everyone going – People would do it less. Man. Yeah. It would help. It, God, it would be a breath of fresh air for as a guide to just be like, yeah, we'll, we'll let all these redfish go. We'll get some flounder on the way back. Yeah. It, it, was, a, it was such – it was a struggle this year with – I normally try to advocate against killing your like set number of redfish or just keeping one or whatever. But when you have people that are looking to take fish home, it was hard to be like, no, you know. Yeah, go. especially like you go through a week of like, all right, my my red, I'm I'm not really on a great redfish bite, but I know yeah. I can go sit in the ocean and catch some Always flounder. Catch some flounder, yeah. Um, and, and so it's it's and some people just are stoked to go bend the rod. A lot of people are, but then yeah. you get you know I'd say one out of every seven or eight trips or somebody like really wants to fill the cooler up yeah, yeah. Um, at least for for our clientele i feel like sure. um, yeah but but yeah it's uh it's been crazy for sure like i thought i was i was really excited to go out and fish the ocean and honestly my trolling motor catching on fire i think was like a blessing <laughs> in disguise because yeah. it it's like i don't know I, I, just the headache of of all the people and all the stuff your secret numbers you're like oh, oh i got this secret little ledge that i'm gonna go fish no one's gonna be there and then yeah, it's a secret it ain't a secret. Yeah. <laughs> if it's in range of Spanish trolling, oh, like somebody's they, rolled they over and found it. Yeah, and they've shared. They've yeah. told their friends. Exactly. So, like, there, there's a wreck down south that you and I like to fish. Oh, yeah. I think I just told Zane this, but it's one you can see. If, if I'm saying this and you know this, people that are listening to the podcast know this, so I'm not going to blow this spot up, but you can see it from Fort Fisher. Like, you can see if there's a boat on it, like sure. when you're driving down through Fort Fisher. Yeah. And there was 13 boats on it the other day when I was putting it at Fort Fisher. Oh, 13 boats on it. And so it, it is just, it's crazy that there's that much, I don't know. It's a small piece of structure too, yeah, which is what's you crazy. Can't fish. You can, like, if you, three's a crowd. 
three oh, two is yeah. a crowd two's really a crowd. the three is definitely a crowd yeah. yeah and there was like boats like spread out there was like the people on it it was like five boats it. on it then there was like a, like a, a big circle around it of people like trying to fish there, I mean so. I say this jokingly but it, I could have made a good attempt at one of the artificial reefs that I pulled up to on Saturday or whenever there wasn't blow blow day so the second yeah. it was the first day I went out and fished on uh, I could have made an attempt to run across like six boats i think i could have made it just yeah, it was like, like frogger was like i mean people were like swinging on their anchors and yelling at people it was bad yeah yeah we i don't want them. any i don't want any of that <laughs> yeah. really honestly my blood pressure would just <laughs> like, yeah, like the, you heard and it was like pretty slick so like you could hear people's arguments from like across the ar golly mad at each other. the the worst the, we'll get into like some more fun or talk but i got that just reminded me of the story that i think i've never shared on the podcast so i yeah. gotta share this so if you if you're listening to this podcast and this was you who did this i've forgiven you so i'm not mad anymore but i was pretty ticked off when this happened um but i was anchored up on the north jetty inside the wall a little bit probably 15 20 yards sitting there honestly we were i was running the trolling motor and that was where i could get my anchor to hang yeah it was really rough and i was with some clients and uh we're sitting there trying to catch a redfish trying to catch a flounder trying to catch anything it was a tougher day and some dude comes running in from off the beach and probably like a 22 foot v-hole boat and uh comes up and like kind of idles around like right beside me looking at me for a little bit like he wanted to be sitting where i was sitting and so then he goes like 20 yards in front of me and just pitches his anchor out nice and drifts to the point where i've got to reach forward put my hand on his boat as he's drifting past me trying to get his anchor to hang he turns around starts cussing at me and then his anchor hangs my anchor line pulls my anchor off then our ropes are tangled drifting out into the ocean Solid. And he he cusses me out for for you know being in the way, yeah. and uh, that was that that's it. So that that's uh, stories like that. I don't want to add any more. Got a phone call, Mr. Proctor. Yeah. Um, I don't want to add any more stories like that. And I feel like if I go out yeah, and find or fish some of the reefs, I might. So. Yeah, it might. It might. Well, next time you'll notice not to be in that guy's way. Yeah, you I'll, should, I'll, you should know I will leave as soon as I see his boat. I don't remember what it looks like. This was a couple years ago, but man, it was like. You couldn't even really be mad because you, it was just so doing, it was so mind blowing that it was going on. Um, yeah. But you know that guy was probably having a rough day, and so hopefully his, things are going better for him. So hopefully he's catching them. Hopefully he's, he's limiting on flounder. He's thing. getting them. He's getting them. Yeah. Well, let, let's get into kind of uh, what flounder are doing this time of year. Like how you like to target them inshore, how you like to target them in the ocean. Uh, maybe we'll start out with the ocean. You've been doing a good bit of ocean fishing lately as well. Sure. So basically, if I'm if I'm gonna go target flounder in the ocean i'm trying to find a you know the the most low relief structure you can find in a great area um so whether that be a ledge or like an old shipwreck or you know rock pile what have you i'm looking for something that's going to be low to the ground and spread out so i can fish more surface area for longer you know you're not no. i feel like if you're fishing that taller structure for flounder they're not going to be um really up suspended so they're going to be just in that the perimeter of it so you're kind of limiting you know even though it might be a big piece of structure it's only going to be holding flounder around the outsides of it um and i think you like you brought that up which i've never really thought about i'd always known this just from trial and error but um you know the flounder want to be 
on low structure because that's going to hold the bait lower to the bottom and make it easier for them to feed on it. They don't have to swim. You know, I don't really know if they swim up and feed them. I've seen some videos of like the summers, like I, the fluke, like swimming yeah, way up off I, the bottom. I, I caught so. I caught a last year during flounder season. A ca- I caught a flounder on a light line on a pogey, and I don't know how far the erfit made it to the bottom. We had put we were spot locked. I had one out, and then like I look back, and it's kind of like. You know how it kind of looks like a sh- one of sharks eating it, but hasn't taken off. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I had it to a client. I was like, "Yeah, check this line or whatever." And it was a, a I mean, it was a keeper finder, and I gaffed it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Might so, as well be able to like, oh, 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 just, <laughs> just in case it's a king. <laughs> Uh, that's cool. That, yeah, that's so that's awesome. the one time, and I've caught them on top waters, but up real shallow. So you would say light lining for flounder is probably the best way that's to go. That's how I've ocean. been catching them lately. If you want to do it, you can put a charter <laughs> at farmtopfishingadventures.com. Um, that, that, yeah, I would I would agree. I mean, you'll definitely catch them on that higher structure. But yeah. one, it's harder to fish. You really have to understand you're where you're sitting up, on it. Yeah. Um, you can't really get away with casting on that higher yeah, structure. Yeah, I would say if you're going to, like the one time I will fish – like I'll choose artificial over live bait would be if I'm on that high structure and I can kind of mark on my side scan exactly where it ends. I'll just go around the perimeter and jig. And jig it, yeah. yeah. You need a pretty calm day to do that. Well, I feel like yeah, to like kind of really you get hung up, man. You get hung up on the on the big stuff. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, it's I, w- I would have to agree for sure with the lower relief ledges. Uh, is there any piece of structure that you feel like? And maybe maybe we can break this into two um, things, but like artificial wise and live bottom wise, that you feel like flounder orient to more. Like artificial wise, are like they own a uh, like a broke like a really low broken down ship or like concrete yeah, like or. If you have a good um, sonar, then you'll be able to see like they they want to be on the lower rock piles, the lower like there's one that's like at one of them I can't remember. It's like manhole cover is what's really listed. As you might have to put that on my yeah. <laughs> It's gonna be loud. Yeah. Um, manhole cover. Okay. Yeah, they're, it's listed. You know, you can pull up on the center end like what's there, uh-huh. and it, it says like manhole pieces, manhole cover. So that would be probably like the the manhole part that like comes up a little bit. You'll see somewhere there's a manhole on right. it, there's but like it's a, like I a, think it's probably a piece of concrete with a piece of steel, like a small or, cylinder almost. Yeah, they love that man. Yeah. Whatever. I guess they just like kind of lay behind it, but I do do well on, on that one. But just just lower relief. If you can find a ledge that's holding a lot of bait. This time of year, near an inlet, that's it's gonna be lights out on yeah, that. For but sure. you know, everyone else probably knows about it. Yeah. So the further away you can get from inlets and find live bottom, the better you're probably gonna do on flounder. Sure. So, yeah. Less they're gonna get hit. But I mean, this time of year, it, I mean, with the season, it just kind of everything goes a little different. So I was expecting it to be crazy this year, but not like. Man, it's been. People must have just taken off work. I'm assuming people took vacation around flower yeah, season. Yeah, for sure. probably what happened. But it's just every morning, Tuesday, Wednesday, doesn't matter. Trails in boat ramp is, is full. You know what I mean? Like 6 o'clock the other morning, there's like I waited 30 minutes to put my boat in the trails in. Mm. There's just like it's full. It's Everyone's there. I yeah. don't know. It's, I think, too, it's like I'm putting up as the sun's – I'm putting in as the sun's coming up, all the people gigging are getting off the water, all the people – it was right. a, it was a mess, man. It's uh, it's been hectic for sure. It's been uh, you know, down at Fort Fisher, putting in down there to go fly fish or sight fish, and 
parking way up past the ferry yeah. <laughs> landing, like That's on the so road. There's so many people down there. But uh, it, it's good to see people out. Like, I'm not complaining about people getting out oh, and enjoying yeah. the resource, but it, it gets you on your toes. Like, you got to kind of think about, like, not only, like, all right, where, like, where have I crushed them, but, like, also, like, all right, where have I – for me, it's more been, like, where have I caught some flounder that is, like, a little bit under the radar that I can yeah, go try? I think it pretty much, if it's on a grass line, people have kicked it every night three or four times. Yeah, that's very I think, true. I think, like, the if, if you're going to target – I guess we'll call it pressured flounder fishing, like your deeper docks yeah. that people can't gig, your deeper creeks that hold current and eddies for the, like all the deeper creeks that run in and out of Ridesville, um, that have that like eight foot of water, seven foot of water yeah. in the bins. Like I, you know, you can definitely catch flounder right there this, this time of year and it would be something that I would target I haven't really focused on any inshore day. I did one day in the river and we caught them yeah y'all did pretty good um, so did really good um, but I, I made sure to go where I thought like okay no one's gigging here right it's right. <laughs> like eight feet of water let's fish let's fish this yeah um, so it's man two days ago because I I, I, I put like uh, maybe yeah two days ago let's start four days ago let's say four days ago i pulled a bunch of shorelines in the river looking for redfish and flounder we were throwing excuse me you gonna make it i'm gonna make it we were throwing a spinnerbait for flounder looking for redfish so like yeah. trying to catch, yeah. pick up some flounder but gonna sight fish to redfish if we saw one did not spook i bet we spooked seven or eight flounder off the bank yep. and i'm like and i had been before season spooking like 20. 50 yeah. like 50 and some of them are like you know yeah. eight inches long but like 50 to like 60 off the bank and if i'm polling for four hours in shallow water yeah. i was spooking like 50 to 70 flounder off the bank Jeez. on average um maybe maybe i'm exaggerating but but definitely at least 30 or 40 fish sure. like on on average day but i pulled it that day we spooked like five to ten off the bank i was like well dang they have been gig- like it's been gigged hard but then two days later i pulled all that stuff and saw a ton of fish and yeah. so I don't know if that was a reload, if it was a day that the pressure was wrong and those fish didn't want to get up on the on the shallow edges. Yeah, I don't I, I don't I wish I understood like flounder movements. I have a buddy that I was on the phone with who gigs a lot and um he, he I was I commented that like, well, like you know, I feel like all those grass lines are probably gigging. He was like, Man, I've seen I, he's like he's he's like, I've had nights where I'll gig down a grass line and then fall back it's basically like making a drift but pulling pull down the same grass line and stick a few and then come back pull down the same grass line and stick a few so he's like those fish are moving i've never seen a fish like i've gigged not too much but i've never like seen flounder swimming at night like, right. you, i mean maybe you're just missing them maybe you're i don't know yeah who knows i mean i've definitely polling seen because i spent a lot of time pulling in shallow water like I'll see them blow up. I'll see them slide 10 feet or not 10 feet, but I'll see them make like five foot movements yeah, like or like three yeah. foot movements. Um, but I also two, two days ago, maybe three days ago in a, on a spot I was pulling, I hadn't really ever tried to sight fish it before, but saw a flounder blow up in like two inches of water Yeah, and got a mullet. It's like saw, I could see him like yeah. with the mullet in his mouth, like kind of did like a pelican move yeah. and like adjusted it and swallowed it. Yeah. So that it for me, it. He was scaling. The, yeah, he was like calling the cop. Scaling, scaling. But to me, I was like, okay, so that's the that's what you're kind of feeling that thump 
Sometimes you just feel a thump and nothing. Sometimes you feel a thump and like a little pex, yeah. and and I feel like that's that fish. Like he ate it and didn't get it in his mouth the yeah. way he was trying they to. Did. I mean, I, the best way I've had to describe is like that their teeth are facing backwards, like that, because it's like a grabbing thing. Like yeah. they just want to grab it, and then they hold it until it stops moving, and then they just eat it. Yeah. So that's why like you'll feel like a thump, and a lot of times if you set the hook, you just have like yeah. A bit of, Okay. Oh no no you're good I'll, I'll pull it back up. Um, you're kind of the descaled scenario. But when he after he ate he like readjusted and kind of like swam down a little bit and like yeah. came back up and laid right up in where the current was coming out of this little creek and got to see the whole thing which was pretty cool. Like he ate a mullet, turned around. <laughs> One of the ones I cleaned today had five mullet in its stomach. Yeah, they, they've been I, gorgeous. I'm pretty. Sure, I caught some in the ocean with mullet in yeah. 50 feet of water. I'm pretty sure they're just our mullet. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm sure they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get gets knocked off by sea bass. It was just like a knot, just a knot of mullet. It was like four mullet. See, I was thinking that today in a spot because we lost a couple mullet, and then all the mullet that were in his stomach were like the fresh, the size of the one. Unless he was just sitting there smacking those. Like, did he eat a couple of those? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's very true. And one, the other one had some crab in it, like it eaten some blue crab. I've caught them like sheephead fishing in November. At the at the reefs, yeah. and I've always assumed just because maybe there's just not that much bait around or something yeah. that that was like, but yeah, who yeah. knows? Maybe a little small blue crab swam by just right and it looked yeah, like a smudge. bait fish. But um, well, take me through if you're bait fishing in the ocean. We'll get back into that a little bit. What is your kind of what's your rig? What's your reel, rod, uh, running line, or so, your main line, and then your your lead? So I'm running a a medium rod. Yeah. Um, with with a 3,000, 4,000, it doesn't really matter. 15 or 20 pound braid is yeah. what you want. Um, I, I normally just use the stuff I use for redfish, which is 15. Yeah. But, you know, 20 pound braid would probably be better. You can get away with, yeah, just because you're knocking sure. structure and yeah, stuff. That, the, yeah, anyway. Um, I use 30 pound leader and I use a bunch of it. Like, I'll use like almost like a, not really like a top shot, but like I'll use like five feet of, of, leader and then i run a carolina rig from that so i run a carolina rig so you'll run i'm tying an leader to your swivel to your put your weight on that yeah swivel on that and then more fluoro after yeah okay gotcha so you're not saying you're not running a five foot leader off your swivel right i'm running a five foot five foot drop leader from my braid with an albright knot to a swivel with a weight and a bead on that gotcha gotcha um and that's just what's the magic bead color I like pink, dude. Pink. Yeah. It's a good color. Yeah. Um, so I do that just to keep, like, I don't ever want braid laying on that rock or yeah. ledge or whatever. Because, like, it just, even if you don't lose the fish you hooked in, like, it just, you're just, it's just not good. It's yeah. not really abras- abrasive resistance. So, um, and I want to run, you know, you want to have enough weight. And the spots vary depending on the current that you have. So I want to have enough weight where I'm not, like, getting hung up every time I'm going to drag it. And I also want it to be where I can kind of toss it up current and it'll kind of come back down current if there's current where you're fishing. Um, we're, you know, I'm running a three alt kale hook with probably 12 inches to 18 inches of leader. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's about the same setup as, as myself, except I, maybe it's out of laziness, don't run the floor over the top. And and I see the the destruction yeah i mean i I break fish off and i I, more more so than not i'm just working harder than i need to because you know every 30 minutes i'm cutting back and retying back on and also another thing is like 
like a, I'll do like sometimes I'll do thirty pound of that and then twenty five pound of the one under the swivel. So yeah. if you get hung up and have to pull it, you only have to tie another leader and hook. Yeah, yeah, you're you just breaking have, off. Yeah, you're gonna break that twenty five pound. Yeah, that's smart for sure. Um, so, um, the other day I did use someone to kind of wise me up to using instead of a Carolina rig setup, using the ounce and a half trolling weight. Oh wow! And it works better. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty awesome. I mean, but I'm not gonna buy a bunch of those. I mean, they're like three dollars a piece. They're expensive. Yeah, yeah. If, you're, if you're breaking <laughs> but it them off. Well, if you're not. If you knew you were fishing a spot that you weren't gonna break off a bunch. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, three dollars a piece for weights. Yeah. Flounder fishing the ocean would not go well. But for it me. did. It did work well. So if you're if you can if you're just fishing paying for your own rigs and you're fishing out in the ocean, I think I would I'd probably do it. In fact, I have one tied on my personal. Yeah, that's pretty right, sweet. So. That's smart. Yeah. I never thought about that. Um, yeah, I would say I fish pretty similar. Is there is there a length rod you like? Do you like a, a shorter rod or a longer rod in the ocean? You're really not really casting. It. Yeah, I use the. Um, the rod that I was using when I went fishing the other day um, is a Panda Custom Rods. Mm-hmm. Made a made he's a, local here in Wilmington. Right? Local Wilmington guy, hit him up. He makes some good stuff, man. It's great. He doesn't. He refuses to make subpar things, so you're gonna pay a little bit for it. But it's good, it's really legit, good stuff. Yeah. yeah. So his it was a. And he, do you know why it's called Panda Custom Rods? <laughs> you know what, man. If you want to know why it's called Panda Custom Rods, go to at Panda Custom Rods on Instagram and message him. Because he told me, but I don't remember. Okay. So it'd be right. um, but um, yeah, it's a, I think it's a, God, it's short. It's a short, it's a jigging rod. It's like a flipping stick for bass. Yeah. But he made it into a flounder a ocean jigging rod. I'm stoked to use it for sheep's head and it was really good for yeah. the fly. I have a big uh, bait casting reel uh-huh. on it and uh, it did works really well so the shorter does work better but i mean your standard redfish setup is suffice it'll it'll work for sure yeah uh, the medium medium heavy like a little bit stouter rods yeah you want you want something because you do a lot i I, when i first started doing this i was just using the like regular setups like a medium light or 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 something like that or medium fast and if you don't have that i feel like like you have to set the hook on them hard but like when you that it has too much if it has too much give back when you like set like when you finish the hook set and go to reel that line if it comes back too much I feel like they'll they'll shake off of it or whatever yeah, you don't yeah. want to play too much what's your go to setup if you're jigging like or not rod but like your your bait like do you like a spro jig like a lot of people fish or do you have a certain Man, jig how do you I like I use an ounce and a half or ounce piece of metal metal jig and I use a J hook off the bottom of it with a piece of gold. Nice, I like and, it. And it it worked. A buddy of mine kind of turned me on to that, and it works better than spro jigs. I've I've never. You get hung up less. You catch a bunch of other stuff too, like other things like it, and it it works better than nothing works better than a live mullet. Yeah. Um, but it works. Yeah, if someone were to say that they could outfish me on a jig with a live mullet, I would say show yeah, me. I don't think so, man. You that, just put that thing down there and they just love it. It's that, just like what they're meant to eat and they just go right to it. It's what they're meant to eat and they're like, whoa, whoa, I haven't seen one of these since a month ago when I was in shore. <laughs> yeah, and they just... They, they swim just, from 15 feet away yeah, and they're like... Get it, dude. You'll end up with so many under your boat. I think when you're using... Like if you're in a good spot that's holding flounder, you can bring them all to the where they'll eventually just be like, you can just drop straight down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to start trying to... I'm going to make a rig where I can drop like 13 mullet down at once with a big heavy weight and just yeah. kind of sit there to, to draw them in. Yeah, let, <laughs> and then, then drop some of the hook yeah. down there. 
Um, well, cool. Let's let's jump into the inshore thing a little bit. I know we kind of touched on it, but um, what would you say is the most effective way to target finder inshore? Like, what what's your what what are you going to throw? How are you going to target? So this you want to use so inshore. You want to use it's kind of the same setup, but your weight's going to be a lot lighter. And I would recommend as light as you can get away with. So like, I mean, quarter ounce, like quarter ounce. Uh, egg weights. Yeah, so yeah. that it moves around and covers some ground for you. don't want for it you. to be like snagging oysters, and I feel, I feel like any type of fishing inshore with live bait, it's like the lightest weight. Like even sometimes for redfish, it's different because you need to be able to cast far. Right. But if you're flipping, um, you know, whether you're fishing a creek or like oyster beds or whatever, like I feel like as light as you can get away with where you can kind of throw it up current it holds a little bit, but kind of rolls. Yeah. You're fishing more water with that one cast. Um, so same, uh, you know, three alt kale hook with a big mullet. Yeah. Um, is gonna be your your go to a little bit harder bait. And I would, if I were to just if you if you said I had to go catch flounder inshore tomorrow, I would just go fish every dock that I know holds at least four feet of water at low tide. Yeah. And, and, you know, it being in high current helps. Yeah, for sure. Um, if you're setting up on a dock with that, um, are, are you trying to sit up current and drop your baits back in there to it? Or Normally what I do if I'm going to fish a dock for flounder is I will kind of ease up to the dock and fish all the outside spots. Yeah. Like all the outside docks, like pines. So if you're going to flip in there the best you can. And if it's a big enough dock, dude, I'll get like – to where I'll put my power to pull down and let my bow swing into the dock to where I'm like, like able to like hold my hand up on the piling, and I'll just, I mean, as far as you can get it up on there. Yeah. You know, you're you're fishing. They 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 they'll be way up under the dock, and yeah. so I'll try to get pretty close. So you get smacked by a redfish under there and have yeah, no, and no chance. It's embarrassing because you can't get them out. <laughs> <laughs> just like the last time that happened, I I had. Um, I had a good climb out of the boat and we were both kind of fishing and I didn't even try. I was just like, oh, I just held it up yeah. and let it pull drag and pop me off. Yeah, you're like, this ain't gonna happen. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I've, I've noticed like, God, I'll catch funder so freaking shallow in some scenarios, but like on docks, I never really catch them on the shallow part of a dock. They'll right? be shallow, man. I mean... You'll get them on the shallow parts oh, of the docks? dude, I've caught flounder on docks and gig flounder on docks that are in this much water. Yeah. But... I feel like right now, if you're doing the scenario for September 2021, that's been gigged. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know, with that being said, how often those flounders swim up and down that dock. Because, like, a redfish, you know, like, they'll, yeah, they'll move the up tide and down. every time. Sure. And I think flounder move with the tide more than we think they do. We just sure. can't. So we don't lay eyes on them yeah. ever or, or very often, if not ever. So it's it's harder to kind of make yeah, that. I'm 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 sure they move. Cause you you catch them at high tide, you'll catch them nose to the grass, and then at low tide, sometimes that grass is in the, maybe if it's even like six feet, maybe yeah, moving, but yeah. I don't know. It's crazy though, man, because even at low tide, you'll there's in areas that are not trafficked areas, those fish will be laying in two inches oh, of water on the mud. Water. Like they're if yeah. you they if they swim an inch forward, that their mouth will be up I mean, in the mud. I've caught and had clients catch. 
flounder on top water that you'll see the like the belly like you'll see yeah, yeah. you know they're just laying there yeah they just go they just, whoop, whoop. like uh, you'll yeah. see the like you see a flash of white and then it kind of like takes you a while to realize what just happened yeah but, um, You're like i think i just had a flounder in my top water yeah no i mean a couple of different times two times this year big flounder just kind of lifts yeah, like that's a subtle cool. little yeah, there, I feel like there's some spots that I think of when we, whenever I talk about topwater finder, like you probably could go target them. Like there's some this, shallower the flats. One we had, the one was like a, the one we had, it was the funniest thing in the world. I could like the, in the, like I have a, the guy, other client was videoing me net in the field. I'm just laughing hysterically because it just like, it porpoised. Like it was like, it like skied, but like the topwater's here and it was like, boom. Yeah, <laughs> like, like a like, tuna eating something. Yeah, it looked exactly. It was <laughs> just like awesome. the funniest thing ever, man. That's pretty so. awesome. Um, I I fished today, and I haven't fished this way in a long time. But um, this guy named Brian, who I've who I've met, uh, ran some a double boat trip with him. He's the he runs a sea pro out of Carolina Beach. Really nice dude. And then I, I goose hunted with him the other day. He was with some of the other guys um, in the group, but. Um, and I, this is how I used to catch flounder as a kid: was putting a mullet on a jig head, yeah, flipping. and flipping and, and sure. hopping it. And I did that today and caught a couple, and did it the other day and caught a couple. And so that that's another really good way. And like once yeah. he dies, take him off. You you go through a lot of mullet like that. Like you yeah. you yeah. couldn't go fish like four clients like that. I don't feel like yeah. unless you had a pile of freaking mullet. But yeah, um, which isn't hard to come by right now. So. No, it's not. But man, some of them are so big. Like they're good they're they're good, but they're they're harder for. You know, for someone who's who's not like focusing on that bite, like I feel like more people are gonna miss fish on those bigger yeah, they, baits because they do grab it and hold on to it a little longer. Yeah, they love it. They, they do want They want like you can get a big one. Yeah, like you can get you can catch a you can definitely catch a sixteen inch flounder on a eight inch mullet. 100%. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's crazy how packed their stomachs are right now. Like everything I cleaned today, redfish, flounder, Loaded. just very full of bait fish. Yeah, they're definitely All focusing fish, on bait fish. Yeah. Shrimp. Some shrimp. One of the flounders we caught threw up some shrimp. Redfish had some crabs in them. Some shrimp. Two days ago, I caught a redfish that was. I mean, I watch them eat them all the time, but I've never looked in the stump. Like I try to look in their stomachs quite often. No, it was just it was shrimp, but it was like a hundred of those tiny grass shrimp, like yeah. the little tiny ones. Like I've seen them in there before, but he must have just gorged on them. gorged on them because they were very very fresh, and it was I mean a, a pile cool. of them. Yeah. Um, you know, like smaller than a fly that you could yeah, tie. Very, yeah, very little grass shrimp. Uh, and he had a, he had like two big ones in there too. But um, there's a lot of bait around right now. A lot of a lot of opportunity. And you know, I, I guess my encouragement would be like, don't be intimidated to get out there and try to find a fish. Like there's still fish oh, out there. Oh man, I'm going tomorrow. But try to think outside of the box. Try to try to fish some of that stuff that maybe hasn't been gigged yeah. or maybe yeah, hasn't I'll, been. I'll say yet. this. Admittedly, like I don't target flounder in shore anymore. Yeah. You know I. Can't, I would rather go, I know where to the, I left the redfish the day before right. I know I can go do that I know the clients enjoy that I know and I, you know I don't feel like going through the whole conversation with why we can't keep them right um, so but there's I have friends who are going out every day and coming back with a limit of fish inshore on skiffs doing right. it so don't be discouraged at all you have the, the state of North Carolina has given you 14 days to take advantage of this resource as many times as you can go take advantage of it. I would definitely an advocate for, look, they, they've put into thought this year, 14 days is what they think it could take. Don't feel bad about doing it. Yeah. Go whack them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for sure. You, you know, that's when you can do it. They're allowing you 
four fish per day for 14 days. I'm not good at math, but that's a lot of them. For sure. And, and, and I will say, like, uh, there is so many fishermen, like, just think that they are the crap. Like, and, and that they're whatever they think is, is the right thing is yeah. the best thing. And it's, I'm so sick of all the crap on Facebook about, like, people complaining about the season. It's too long. Everyone's killing big fish. No, you know, too many about fish the, being killed. The flounder season. The flounder season. Yeah. And it's just, it's like, oh, this another terrible call by the, the stage. Because they like, let it another, happen. Because, yeah, I mean, the thing is, is like, I really believe that everyone's trying to, not everyone, not everyone is, but I, th- I think the state is trying to make good decisions and they're making mistakes and, and, and trying to, just like anything political, like the more division we have, the, like, sure. the, the tougher it's going to be to get something done. So, yeah. um, you know, and if it is a mess up, hopefully we'll see that and we'll do it better next time. But uh, I think, I think. And no one really cares what I think, yeah. but I'm going to tell you guys. Everyone, I can. <laughs> um, I think it would do a lot to sh- just shut it down. Yeah. And I, and I hate cleaning them. I, dude, I... I hate cleaning them. I can clean a flounder. I can clean it. I, I got time today, four minutes you on the flounder. cut down the middle? Cut down the middle, lay the fillet. But it's just four fillets I got to take off. Like a redfish is... Uh, but I don't know what you hate more. Flounder goes pretty quick. I, I think a redfish in probably like two and a half minutes. I got, I'm not proud of it, but I got really good at the redfish this year. Just because yeah. you can like, there's like an angle you can take above that rib uh-huh. that you can just like. Yeah, you got to have a sharp knife. Yeah, my knife's yeah. never sharp. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's my fault. Uh, but um, yeah, anyway, I, I think shutting it down for a year, two years. But then like, I don't know how the stock assessments work. Like how they make a stock assessment if no one's harvesting. Yeah. Uh, go, they go out and net. They net them. They go out and net, net and, and, and let them go, yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. I, I don't know. I mean... It's got to help if you take two years off from keeping them. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Like, I think, like, it's been so... You know, it goes back to 30 years ago when we're showing declining fish stock Yeah. in the flounder species. Southern flounder. And then, and then like, 20 years ago. They're showing, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, your fish stock's pretty bad. It's like, oh, we'll, we'll take care of it, man. And then, like, 10 years ago, it's bad. Well, then it's like, okay, well, now we got to have a, a closed season. And then at that decision, at the point where it's been so neglected for 30 years, the stock assessment has been neglected for 30 years, I think then would have been a good time to be like, okay, look, we're going to have to close it, and we'll make an assessment in two years. But then again... Now they've like just kind of taken it away, taken it away, like slowly <laughs> peeled the bandaid off instead of just like yeah, I think like I, no one would be talking about it anymore if they had just freaking closed they, it down. they do it the trout yeah. all the time. Yeah. It's a common thing in Florida, yeah. like for just to be like, no, you can't keep those. When we don't know, we'll let you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a common. And people thing. are okay with it because they want the fishery to survive. Right. They want to be able to go catch them. Yeah, so they, they're they're worth more in the water than out of the water. And I think it's hard to sell that to people when it comes to flounder because like. You think about a redfish, like when I when someone says the word redfish, like I'm not thinking about like wow that would be good on the grill, but when someone says flounder, I'm thinking like man that's a good sandwich. I think it's because people can have more intimate moments with redfish. I know that sounds weird, but like no, the tailing and like seeing them blow a sure. top water. I'm up. thinking mm-hmm. when I, someone says redfish, I'm thinking of a top water blow up and a drag screen. Yeah, for you sure. Know what I mean, for I, sure. I'm not thinking about lettuce and tomato and. And a sandwich. Yeah. When someone says flounder. I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. Like, sounds real tasty. <laughs> I have yet to eat one since season came in, but um, but yeah, no, and, and that mindset for me when they when they shut it down last year changed because like, dang, I really like when when they're they're when they're around in a in it's a nice decent number, they're fun to to catch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's I I enjoy targeting them and like 
oh, this point should have a flounder on it. You make a cast over there and are rewarded for understanding where those fish orient sure. and how they sit and what the, how you need to bring a bait through there. It's just a great fish to have, you know, and, and, and people are like, oh, there's tons of flounder around. And, and yes, there, there are flounder around. It's because no one's killing them. But, but also, it, it's not even close to what it was, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember when I was in elementary school and middle school and we would go fish docks with a jig head and a mullet. Catch 20 off. Catch 20 on, on docks, yeah. like uh, dr- drifting docks that i mean we didn't have a troll motor we'd set up on docks I remember being and just drift past them and like you'd get like two casts underneath them and you'd yeah. catch a flounder off yeah them. i remember being able to set on a dock and just cast to the next dock and in between those two docks you're catching flounder i mean all afternoon you can go out and catch a bunch of them yeah and let them all sure. go some of them are small but there's a bunch you know i don't know like i said i'm not a scientist yeah. i'm a fishing guy yeah. i i like Having the fish there, it was. It's nice to go, and people will probably be mad at this, but it's nice to go target them out of season for clients who just want to catch some fish, and you don't really know, uh, you know, if the tide's wrong for the redfish or or whatever. You can it's go a good up. filler. It's a filler, man, and people enjoy it, and it's yeah. nice to take a picture with them. You let them go; they swim all fine, as far as I know. Unless that, unless you're fishing around barracudas. Well, there's, <laughs> there's that, but. You know, and, and it's definitely, as I've seen it, with the closed seasons last year and this year, it gets silly. It's like, and you're kind of wondering, like, okay, what's the equilibrium there? Like, what's what's normal, I guess, if you were to take out the overfishing aspect of it and, and take off the, okay, well, now that maybe that species has, you know, you know, they have so, so many fish coming in that you know, we're not harvesting them maybe it's more than it should be um but what is what's normal supposed to look like i think right. that's something that they have to kind of figure out like what's the stock assessment supposed to look like with targeting them right here because like, i guess the goal would be to be able to eventually have an open season but god that's probably a little ways in the future the problem is is once you give someone once the, once, the, once the agency takes um, the step to close the season, it's it's very it's always going to be controversial to open it back up. I mean, take red snapper, dude. Like, how many red snapper do you think are out there now? I mean, it's not even close to being endangered anymore. I mean, no. it's, it's like it's can be a nuisance when you're fishing at that twenty mile range of all the what would be keeper red snapper that you have to throw back when you're group right. fishing. Right. I don't know. I mean, hopefully they can see they can figure out a plan for managing it and and then figure out a maybe a five-year plan for bringing it back bringing it back yeah would be the, but you know who knows well, i guess you just got to get to a, some type of stable level but yeah well cool well i think we'll wrap her up um hope that inspired y'all to get out there and, and hit get, out, get out and catch them and if you're lucky enough to live in virginia yeah. or south carolina yeah. or georgia then call me i'll come up and catch you yeah if you and you catch the flounder call us we'll come, we'll come <laughs> catch them with you yeah. um but yeah, definitely check out this bait, motorboat. Don't know what that name's all about. Check but, out the motorboat, man. Uh, and go get you one on the motorboat. But we will uh we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Peace.